are you talking about? The guy on the phone, I went to his work. Why did you do that? That's dangerous, honey. Are you okay? He had the same voice. He looks exactly like you. He stole my face. Look at me! Look at me! Look at him! He stole my face! You need to leave! No! You do! Get off of me! Stanley! Give Rudolph no, 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 his no, no, arm no. Stay back! Stay back! No, no, no. No, 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 stay away from me. No, I need to see Stanley, the colonel. we all yes. love you. I need to see the colonel. The colonel will understand. Please, where is the colonel? You need help. No, I don't need help. What's the problem, Stanley? Hey, you fuckers! You don't know who you're dealing with. You don't know who you're dealing with, you fuckers. You fucking fucks. I am a person. Stay back! Stay back, you fucks! You fucking fuckers! I am a person! I exist! Welcome to Double Feature, the podcast about twin films. I'm Dan. I'm Max. I don't know why I'm waving. Hey, why are you waving? I don't know. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> Wave at our guest. Hi, Bobby. Hey, how's it going? Bobby's yep. here. We got Bobby in the studio. First timer. Do we do we have to call you Bobby Feldman? Sure. You've only ever been like. I <laughs> do feel we have you're to? Like sure. one, <laughs> you're like one of those people in uh, that like every single person just calls you by your full name constantly. I feel like do maybe they? not. I think it's I, just you. Me? I don't know. I feel like it was like constantly. It's just like, oh yeah, I was hanging out with Bobby Feldman last night. It was like, who's saying this to you? <laughs> everyone like, <laughs> gotta be brave enough to say it to my face literally everybody uh, uh, i've known you for what maybe a month maybe. whenever we watch that boxing match um, <laughs> and i was aware that your name was bobby feldman because max uh, refers to you by your first and last name every time mm-hmm. so so it's you're the epicenter you're i guess spreading it. <laughs> all right dude i got it from somewhere i can't, I can't believe thing. this crazy thing that keeps happening <laughs> yeah. that i'm forcing noticed? into existence <laughs> no nah, it's not me there's other people Do you even know another bobby uh no, they're all my dad's friends. My dad knows like four. Oh, you don't know? No, I mean I guess I do. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I don't like the know him. I don't like pulls. know him. Know him. Your dad just hangs out with four guys named Bobby. He literally growing up, there were five of them who were all named Robert. So they all had to have different variations of the name. We're getting down to the crux of this. Yeah. <laughs> this is generational. My dad, uh, just you know, he just was Robert. So I don't know if that's good or bad. Do you get to be oh, the your original? Oh, your dad's Robert, too? Yeah. I guess I didn't know your dad's name. Every time I see him, I usually call him Papa or something. <laughs> anyway. That was, like, always a thing, right? When you, like, hung out with, like, a certain friend a bunch, you just ended up calling, like, their mom and dad, like, mom and dad. or Yeah, I just do that to, like, people to, like, I goof. don't know that well, though, oh, okay. too. Like, I meet him for the first time, start calling him that. Yeah. I mean, that's where it probably. I'm came usually from. good with parents. I hope it's endearing. Maybe they, they probably are. God damn, <laughs> this fucking guy it sucks. <laughs> uh, we got to talk about movies. We got first timer on the pod. 
Bobby, we want to know what kind of movies you like. You you got any favorite actors, directors, movies, genres? Uh, watched anything good lately? What you got? I heard you got excellent notes. I'm expecting <laughs> high highs here. Man, call me out. Uh, I will. I'm checking the list of movies that you sent me. No pressure. Yeah. Just what, no, what kind like, of stuff uh, you like to fact check? I feel like my movie tastes lately are pretty vanilla. Like, oh, the big blockbuster's coming out. I'm there. I'm into it. Did you see like, Doctor Strange? Yep. The Multiverse of Madness? Pretty good. You liked pretty it? Pretty good. You, None of you those would... are, like, great to oh, me. Yeah. They're all pretty good. Are you yeah, I mean, that's Marvel a rational person. Uh, yeah, I've been reading comics for, like, decades. So, like, I'm always like, oh, is that really what would happen? But it's still... You know, the movies are great. The shows guys, are good. What do you guys think about Morbius coming out again? I think it is flopping. hilarious <laughs> that it flopped. <laughs> they put it back time. in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, because of the memes, they put it back in theaters this weekend and it flopped again. Yeah, it made very good. It, it made $85,000 on Friday, which equates to about $82 per theater that it was in. I just hilarious. saw a tweet this morning breaking down the numbers. Hilarious. Uh, very funny. I always thought Morbin Time was stupid. It seemed like a shitty forced meeting. Yeah, it was. I was really was. sick of the jokes immediately, mm-hmm. but thank God something good came out. I, it was like, it was one of those like Twitter meme things where it was like, you see it the first time and you go, <laughs> like, alright. And then it became a massive fucking thing where like even kfc was posting like the colonel next to morbius yeah. saying it's morbid time i saw that one i'm like this isn't even a joke it's just no yeah it's just morbius and kfc it's <laughs> not connected in any way um i will say to all the sony execs listening i swear i'm just i'm very busy this time around like i was last time but if you do put it in theaters a third time yeah, i promise <laughs> i will go see yeah, it bring it back the morbfecta yeah it's you know third time's a charm everybody yeah. knows this uh, make it happen yeah so then like favorite directors i was thinking about this one and like it's so generic but like steven spielberg's like probably towards the top because like every movie he does is just like in the 80s 90s man don't miss killing it we've talked like, oh about wait these that. are my favorite movies we talked about that when we did saving private ryan about just like he just went on a run absolutely where he's just like unstoppable the uh yeah i'm trying to think i mean yeah it's like 80s spielberg is my favorite stuff but he's still crushing it in the 90s Mm -hmm. anytime he comes out with a new movie i'm like i might not always like them but still like you're definitely yeah, gonna go Sp- check it out. Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the best. Did you see the new, the recent con- Spielberg controversy that he's not actually like involved in? Oh. But uh, um, somebody's doing a 4K re-release of Poltergeist, and I don't think it's on the actual slipcover, but they tweeted out Poltergeist, re- you know, 4K re-release directed by Steven Spielberg and Toby Hooper, mm-hmm. and. A bunch of people came out of the woodworks, obviously, just decrying the fact that, like, Spielberg was on set for, like, one second, and that was about it, and it was all Toby Hooper directing it. And there was, like, people who were, like, in the movie, like, actors and stuff. It wasn't just, you know, Twitter idiots screaming about nothing, but... Spielberg helps out, man. Oh, the Spielberg plays. Yeah. He'll be in the booth. He's He presented two of my favorite movies ever. 
Talking, of course, about the Gremlins franchise. Both movies presented by Steven Spielberg. You just were flashing your new tattoo of the brain gremlin you got. That's right. (laughs) Back, he's just sitting there holding his. This is coffee. It's a pipe. Yeah. Oh, it's his pipe. Okay. I didn't want to get him with the gun. You should have got him with the gun. Even though the best part is when he shoots the other gremlin. Oh man, incredible part of the movie. He should have gotten the gun. It's a great tattoo. Thank you. I don't work on my whole gremlin's uh, leg sleeve now. Yeah, (laughs) just different potionized gremlins. I was going to say electricity. It's it's like you get like a like that three wolf moon shirt, but it's all the brain gremlin and from different scenes. (laughs) I have to get the whole leg blacked out so it looks like uh, (laughs) black velvet. Yeah, 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 that sounds good. What else you like, Bobby? We like Spielberg too. What do you have a single favorite? Spielberg, you could pick. Uh, Last Crusade. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You like Tin Tin? I saw it in theaters. It was not bad. I fucking love Tin yeah. Tin. <laughs> so I watched Tin Tin for the first time while we were doing this podcast, and I'm like, this movie's fucking incredible. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, Tin Tin. I I also saw Tin Tin in theaters. It's the only time I've seen it. I think Tin Tin <laughs> bears re- bears revisiting. I, I guess so. Movie. Yeah. Not my favorite Spielberg, probably um, Jurassic Park. Yeah, I remember. I was watching. I was like, "This should just be live action." Like, I would have loved it. Well, what's so good about it is, I mean, I agree in general, but the fact that Spielberg doing an action movie not bound by like actually having to move a camera, the camera just goes wherever he. God, he can just put that camera some fucking places. <laughs> so good. Now I've I've got your list of um. Favorite movie you said you watched one of our movies on a I think Thursday. Yes. We were maybe gonna watch it together uh-huh. but then um we're both got sleepy old and got sleepy. <laughs> um <laughs> so we did not do that. And then you finished the movie and then about thirty minutes later just started texting me a list of your favorite movies by year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Working from 2021 back uh a movie on here that i just there i mean they're all bangers i literally have no problems with any of these other than moana but that's purely because i've not seen moana what i haven't watched it aren't you going to disney yeah but i'm not a fucking disney adult i just want to go to a fucking okay. theme park well then you're a disney adult what okay no that's oh god this is the this I is haven't the, seen moana this either. is the worst allegation i'll ever face in I my entire life watch disney movies yeah, ever? Uh, I watch all the Pixar's pretty much. Is Moana Pixar or just Disney? Just like Disney. Disney. Yeah, I haven't seen like the newer Disney so princess good. movies. Lin Manuel Miranda. I hate. Uh, I'm, I'm not a. So we're not like this movie. You <laughs> we are, hate it. We yeah, I did not. I did, not, I did see Encanto. I didn't like Encanto. Dang. Yeah, I just hate all the songs and stuff. Am I, I he's a so man annoying. baby? <laughs> you might be. <laughs> That's not the issue. It's like Dang. reading comics, watching. I, I liked. I liked Manuel Miranda movies. I like. I like the Pixar stuff a lot. I like Turning I Red. I loved Luca. I loved Soul last year, or now two years ago. I haven't seen Turning Red yet. I meant to it's watch it, and I think it was a similar thing where I just like ate dinner and then got tired. I like the night that and I had planned to watch it. I, I was under months. the impression yeah. that it's <laughs> way more explicitly about getting your period but it's much more well, metaphorically about getting what your period twitter parasocial human beings had <laughs> led all of us to believe because they were all up in arms about yeah. it would be pretty good bullshit. it's so weirdly specific though 
like turning red to, is to yeah it's really specifically being a tween girl in the 90s with an overbearing chinese family and living in canada it's like really <laughs> i guess it happened early 2000s did but it happen in toronto uh, i think it's toronto <sighs> big big pod for toronto movies oh yeah absolutely the <laughs> yellowest city in the yeah. entire world according to enemy but uh do you want to run down this list? Uh, Do you remember it? it? In front of I've me, got it in front se. of me. 2021, Dune. What yes. was your favorite movie of that year? I'm torn on it because I loved it, but I love the one from the 80s by David Lynch. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, the, I, th- I think the new one, so first off, shout out Denis Villeneuve. Denis. Thank God you said it because I, I was like... <laughs> Yeah, we we said it big um, podcast for one, Danae. 100 times yeah. on the last episode we did about him. Um yeah, I, I think it's maybe a better movie, but I fucking love the David Lynch one so I, much. I I prefer so the David Lynch one. Just, just the fact that constantly <laughs> have that device where characters will just stop mid-conversation and voice over their inner monologues is so fucking good. I love it so much. The Kyle MacLachlan whispers, you oh can't my God, I love it. I the first time I watched it was probably like late middle school, early high school, like caught it on TV or something. And I felt like I was having a fever dream just because like dialogue never fucking stops because you're just like the inner monologues are happening and it's just like catching it. There's not really like clear uh, like what's going on because I just like picked it up like in the middle of it. Have you seen like the extended versions of it? I don't think so. There was one that was released. Somebody like edited all this footage. It was like three hours long. Hell yeah. That's what I like to see. Horrible and great. (laughs) 2020 though. You've got Tenet. Yeah, only because there wasn't a lot of movies that came out that Not year. Not a lot that of I movies that came out this year. At. But you don't, you don't have to explain. Tenet fucking rules. Yeah, Tenet's both of us so love good. Tenet. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it, good. It sounded like you were doing a gotcha there. Where you're like, Tenet's not good. You're stupid for liking it. Nope, we love yep. Tenet. <laughs> don't worry, I set it up like that. I, I, I think it's, to, I think it's one of Chris Nolan's best movies. I, I, I love, I love Tenet. Best movies. That's really good. Very good. Chris, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, I would put it up there because, like, I'd probably like it. I haven't seen Memento in a long time. I just rewatched Memento the other day. It's really good still, but uh, if you've seen it once, it ruins a ton of it, I think. Yeah. I hadn't seen it in probably 15 years or something, and I still remembered enough to, like, ruin a lot of what was so good about it. I wa- We rewatched Inception not too long ago and i was surprised how much that kind of like held up like the novelty of the whole thing like is still like the gimmick of it right because nolan's like a big gimmick guy outside of his like batman movies but like every one of his like films kind of has this like thing going on with it and the inception gimmick definitely holds up but i could see how memento doesn't because like the reveal is everything and like that's it's all leading to that He's, um, he's a, the master, and Tenet proves this. It's the culmination of his art form. He's a master of setting up the rules so that then you can just experience the end of it. Yeah, especially when in Tenet, the, the woman tells you to not think about the rules, yeah. which is the best part. With that movie, though, there's some things where you're like, wait, are we spoiling things? Uh, yeah, spoil, yeah, like, you can several spoil year old movie. movie. Movies, yeah, for Tenet, fuck two I don't even remember their names, but like Robert Pattinson's character, it's like, oh, he was the kid. 
and he was living in reverse the whole time so, to get to that point. So that's a what? that's a fan theory. I, I I went in with that fan theory in mind. So so the theory you're talking about is I don't Robert this. Robert Pattinson's character is um what's her name? The the long Tall neck ladies. woman. Yeah. yeah. The giraffe um, lady. The, the theory is that that he is her son, mm-hmm. and he's like this is him coming backwards through life, and now the child is going to come forwards through life. I think there's enough to back it up, but there's no. There, I was looking for it on my second watch, and there's say, definitely nothing there's concrete. In the movie it, off vibes. Yeah. There's definitely enough vibes mm-hmm. to take that theory in. I definitely like the theory. I watched like yeah. YouTube clips and everything, so I definitely buy that. I think he's supposed to be the kid, but then I don't buy that he lived in reverse for that as, long as detail oriented as chris nolan is there would be something resolute i think i to was tell gonna us say, yeah that I, by the end but I, I still like the theory a lot i wish it was real i wish i think it's called max is neil i think is the name of the the theory that they're okay. the same guy um and i love it because yeah it ends with this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship and then he takes care of the kid and it's great i love it yeah okay fair yeah. enough You've got a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood land. I'm not sure if you're just watching a different movie than us or we're just being funny. I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. It's my favorite Tarantino. I also loved it. Yes. It's my, it's, number, it's my number one Tarantino. It's Max, really what are you doing with this gotcha journalism? <laughs> I'm, I'm making him sweat. I'm not sweating on that one. That one, you just want to like follow the characters. Like yeah. The story's it's not that great. important. It's a, it's a long-ass movie, and I've already watched it, I think, three times since watching it in theaters oh, so nice. four times total I, I fucking love it it's like great hangout movie until it goes insane at the end until, until then you're just hanging so out so you've got good. a bunch of just like guys being dudes movies on this yeah i'm vanilla i told you that yeah you know? <laughs> uh sorry to bother you another movie that i loved Oof, that movie is so good on hulu if yeah i haven't seen it We've have already we spoiled seen, it at some it. point yeah. on this okay, podcast, good. I believe. <laughs> I think I think we did. Yeah. <laughs> Just a movie where you walk in and like halfway through, it's like, nah, fuck you. This is what's happening now. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's a super fucking like you think bizarre you're getting twist. into a serious movie about like code switching and like the ramifications of uh, being uh, ethnic in a workplace in America. And then all of a sudden we got horse people serum. <laughs> it's Here's a like, horse huh? dick. Huh? Like, Man. I love this. Did Army two Hammer is be the true. boss? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He ate a bunch of people on that set. <laughs> We're fair too. Uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Another movie we both like. Oh my god! Lot. Another Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. yeah. Big. Are you a Denis guy? <laughs> I am. I well, I thought I was until today. Spoiler. Um, oh my god! But man, that guy can create a shot. Like just how the movies look alone. The movies I'm look in. incredible. It's like when you ask like favorite actors. Like, it's not so much actors as directors. It's like, oh, this director's on this? I'm in. I don't care who's in it. I would say that the one, the move, if, if you haven't picked up by now, we're redoing Enemy and the double. Oh, yeah. Because we fucked up the audio on that one, and yeah. it was time. Bobby, I don't know if you know, but we had these. No, we were still using those little the handheld microphones. We still had the there. handheld microphones, but, what, but, but whatever. We, had, we had our codec. The board fucked up, or Max fucked up the board, Audaci- whatever. No, Audacity, <laughs> okay. uh, something had happened. Like, I think it was because I like moved my desk around or something, but the codec became unplugged, so Audacity decided that it was going to only take audio from my webcam nice and nice. didn't realize I, I was sitting like over here 
facing away from the microphone. (laughs) Smoking a cigar. Audio is just horrifically bad. (laughs) Didn't realize it. It Apparently, we had two episodes like that. We caught the one in time to redo it. And, um, yeah, Enemy is one of the, like, ugliest movies I've ever seen. But there's still some incredible shots and framing and the way he sets stuff up. Right, it looks really, really good. Yeah. It doesn't look nice, but it's it looks great. Yeah, yeah. You know? well, it's just, like it's not inviting so or anything. It's disgusting, but it looks perfect. It's so good. Yeah, Arrival is so another yellow. one. Arrival looks so fucking incredible, dude. I yes. loved Arrival. Yeah, yeah I love Arrival. Oh, man, uh, I just saw, recently saw a um, a Reddit post, which I'm sort of loath to even bring it to here because they suck, but it's very funny. Uh, of like, it was um. On the horror subreddit, somebody had made this like really long post about Arrival, how they um like the post was called like, Oh, Arrival is the greatest film representation of uh like Lovecraftian horror I've ever seen. And they go on to type out this like Not horror at all. Huge, I, well, yeah. <laughs> okay, is that what you're getting? It's, around to? It is this okay. massive post of a man missing the point at every <laughs> like it's just being so proudly ignorantly wrong about every single fucking thing about that movie and then it was like 300 something comments of just people being like what fucking movie did you watch <laughs> and then for a for a hot minute on the horror subreddit it turned into a uh, copy pasta of people and the best one i saw was like cars 2 is the greatest use of oh, lovecraftian horror ever put to film uh Arrival's great. Arrival's a beautiful movie. Um, other movies you have on this list. Uh, Moana, we already talked about. And then uh, this is now a full 45 minutes after you've finished watching the movie and our conversation for the mm-hmm. night is done. Smart. Uh, you, you just text me, 2015, Fury Road. Okay, I'm done. Boom. I <laughs> Mess with it. I love Another Fury Road. Yeah. I think I saw Fury Road... Maybe three, at least twice in theaters. Maybe three times. I remember um, we all saw it in theaters together. Like mm-hmm. all, the, all the fellows were together for that. Fury Road fucking rules. I can't wait for his Furiosa. Furiosa movie. They just started uh, production, I believe. Fucking fantastic. He just, uh, George Miller has a movie coming out or just came out. Happy Three. Uh, maybe. Happy Feet Three. Yeah, no. It's not happy feet. So much respect for a guy who's like, I really want to make another Mad Max movie. Yep. I'll do two happy feet movies uh, to get there. Do what I got to do. Uh, 3,000 Years of Longing. Oh, yeah. That looks so fucking good. Dude. Or is about to come out. Yeah, it's going it out looks soon. fucking great. Is that the one with the Idris Elba? Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. Tilda yeah. Swinton, yeah. Looks fucking great. Where he's Idris Elba is a gin a genie of some kind i think i don't really know what's going on uh and uh yeah it looks fucking incredible somehow they find out their true lovers like three thousand years apart i yeah i don't understand how it's gonna work can't wait like you said i'm just glad george miller said i'm gonna do a couple for them and went on a very long run of only I'll, doing movies for them. I'll so. do I'll do Babe for you, but I'm doing Pig in the City for me. For me. <laughs> and then uh Happy Feet and then he does Fury Road and all of a sudden like boom. He's a guy that can just do movies for him now. Yeah. yeah but I mean like eighty? How old is that guy? He's not I mean, a young no. man anymore. 
He's not that old. He's not that old. He's, he's born in 1945. Don't make me do math. So, he, yeah, he's 80. <laughs> <laughs> he's, what, he's not that old. 70, he's 77. 77. 77. 77. <laughs> I got yeah. me. <laughs> I'm just waiting for Babe 3 Pig in Space. Can't, um, can't wait for that to drop. Man, we, we didn't really talk about what doing, like what you've been watching, but I'll, I'll talk about it briefly because just specifically guys who only do movies for themselves now went and saw the new Cronenberg last night. No spoilers. I'm not going to say any spoilers. It's something that I've already said to you before, and it like seeing the movie just reaffirmed it. Like Cronenberg absolutely just made one for himself. Yeah. Like it might, it's like borderline the most Cronenberg movie I've ever seen. Cronenbergian, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it is insane how he just like at every turn is just like now put in the thing that I do like it feels like he's like was like sitting on the outskirts just like telling other people like to direct the movie but like for him and uh, a lot of his movies since like 2000 ish he's been doing like more serious less yeah. body horror this seems did, like, like Eastern, a big with, return to uh, form. history of violence right history did he also do Eastern, Eastern Promises, Promises. Okay. Yeah. that's what I couldn't remember last night but like Cosmopolis, the Robert Pattinson one mm-hmm. was like not. It's just a bunch of people talking in a limo for a long time. There was, and eventually yeah. somebody shoots a uh, uh, Paul Giamatti or something. Well, he yeah, shoots but he's he is back on his bullshit. There's body horror. There's weird technology. There's it's all there. Everything you could want from him. There's people with just holes in them uh love that yeah it's <laughs> they're growing pussies from everywhere <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a man with like 60 eyes that's not even a sp- or ears that's not that's like in the trailer um i we kool-aid and i read afterwards that um apparently at like a festival screening of the movie he uh got up on stage and was like addressing the audiences and he said yeah, like after the first 10 minutes, you guys should basically get everything that's going on here. So if if you want to leave after that, you're good. Just, <laughs> I won't Jesus. I won't mind. <laughs> you can just go. Uh, I know a bunch of people like uh, that. But if you want to if you want to stick around, I'll do a Q&A afterwards. And then he got up at the Q&A and refused to answer any questions about the movie. He's <laughs> like, I will not explain anything. He just wanted to talk about his time on Star Trek Discovery instead. <laughs> I don't know. But just like, the man fucking rules. Viggo Mortensen was really good in it. Everyone was really good in it. Um, it's a good movie. It was Kool-Aid and I and two other people that both wandered in after us and left before us. So... Two other people. Mm-hmm. Speaking of two people, <laughs> we watched two movies today. I know we got a timetable. I got to keep yeah. us on track. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked about two uh, two movies uh, in which a man encounters his own physical doppelganger. It's 2013's Enemy and the Double. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, I easily could understand that you picked these because you're interested in the works of Denis Villeneuve, but... Is there any other reason you picked these two specifically? Oh, don't make me say their names. Um, don't need to. One, oh, yeah, Richard, Richard Iowate. Really hard names. You can call him uh, Dick and Denny. <laughs> Richard, he's... Well, Dick and Dennis. Yeah, I think he's one of the funniest people on the planet. He's so funny. I, I love him. Like, top three, like, all of his work. Been rewatching Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Oh, incredible. It's so good. That's one of my favorite shows of all time. I... 
I've got like two episodes left, and I'm probably just going to start it from the beginning as yeah. soon as I'm done with it. I mean, again. Six episodes, yeah, I think, yeah right? exactly. <laughs> but everything he touches, like acting wise, is just like right where I want to be with humor. So like you know, the Mighty Boosh, love Mighty Dark Boosh, Place, the IT Crowd, everything. It's just he's just Before, so quick. It's tough to watch it. IT Crowd anymore because the, the guy who well the laugh track's bad, oh. but the, the guy who made it, Graham Linehan, is a horrible piece of shit. He oh, just, he, just, he, he got banned from Twitter a bunch of times over, and is ban- still banned from the platform because he would just go on every day and like personally insult trans people. Say oh, is he like oh. a is he yeah. a turf? I mean, he's just a horrible yeah. guy. He's yeah, JK are over there. Okay. Yeah, they're probably boys. <laughs> he, al- he also looks like he's melting. He's like the mm. ugliest man. Yeah, I did like the show at the time. I I still like it. Thank God he's not actually in it. Um, but mm. yeah, what a piece of shit that guy. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Because I also love Black Books. Oh yeah, Black Books is a great show. Mm-hmm. Never again, I guess. Whatever. Well, they had a good run, but I wish Iwate was in this movie. Because his quirky sensibilities. I mean, there's a lot of quirk, a lot of quirkiness in the movie The Double itself. Yeah, I don't know. Would you want him just to be a background character? I don't yeah, know if probably. he could be like the main person. Yeah, I mean, it'd just take two. There's humorous. so many great guys in the background of that. We'll get into it a little bit when we mm. get into The Double, but there's just so many guys that I love that just pop in yeah. for like 30 yeah. seconds at a time. It's well, I mean, so Chris good. O'Dowd, Chris O'Dowd and uh, Christopher Morris are both in it. For and a Jay Maskus. It's like, is that fucking Jay Maskus? <laughs> that's the first thing I looked up after the movie. And it's like, yep, that was Tim, him. Tim like, Key is another, um, like British comedian. Yeah. That's the, uh, like orderly at the old folks home. Patty Constantine. Who's yeah. been on the pod before. He's the guy. He's in a guy the in a show. He's that a he's show watching. in the movie. Yeah. yeah. My girl Sally Hawkins appears briefly. Love Sally Hawkins. Um, yeah. No, that's good. I I like those guys too. <laughs> yeah. So I like and Denny. Uh, yeah. Denny. <laughs> Everything. I mean that I. You can seen. call him Dennis yeah. Villanueva. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. I, you know, knowing Blade Runner, Dune, and like Sicario, it's like, oh, this guy's. I haven't fire. seen Sicario. I haven't seen Sicario. I think that's like Jesus. the one Denny that I haven't seen. <laughs> that one's so good. Yeah. I, I I haven't seen that one or Prisoners. I've seen everything else. I've think. seen yeah. Prisoners. I've seen all of his other like uh, English language movies. He's got a couple. Oh of yeah, older, I guess. I, yeah, I haven't seen his older, older French stuff. language mm-hmm. movies that I haven't seen either. Which you I'd like to see everything. See Sicario. It's. Yeah ridiculously been, good been on my damn list for years i don't know why i never pulled the trigger hey, you know what i'm gonna watch it because i've watched week. enemy three fucking times <laughs> in the past year and a half you picked the wrong one <laughs> I, I watched this movie and the, i watched enemy just randomly i was like max i just watched this movie enemy it's really good and it's on the list for the pie we gotta do it so we did it and so i watched it again for that and now I watched it again. This is all way too quick succession yeah. to watch Enemy a bunch of times. <laughs> well, it's a movie you need to sit with for a while, I think, before a rewatch. You you said to me, Dan, because we, we were talking about this the other night, is that like you had soured on the double a little bit from the last time we watched these. And I just not dropped, that anyone I dropped my review at half star. Uh, nothing crazy. But... Enemy wasn't any less from having watched it three times and like <laughs> twice in like a <laughs> little under a year. And, uh, but I think the double is a movie that does not benefit from watching it in like close proximity to yeah, like a previous the, watch. The middle slows down a lot. Mm-hmm. And when, I mean, that's not the interesting part where it's just like him getting more and more pissed off at what Simon's 
up to. I forget their names. I'm gonna fuck up. Simon is Simon is the mousy one. James is the uh, okay. So what? Bug- James. Is, so I already yeah. fucked it up. Yes. Yeah, so he's getting more and more pissed off about what James. is. You can be here. forgiven because their names are Simon James and James Simon. Yes. Right. Um. But yeah, let's start talking. Uh, talking our movies. Uh, 2013 Enemy, directed by Denis Villeneuve, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Melanie Laurent, Sarah Gadden, and Isabella Rossellini. Adam Bell lives a monotonous life as a history professor in Toronto until one day by chance he notices a background actor in a local movie who looks exactly like him. From the credits, he learns the man is Anthony St. Clair and begins to stalk him, visiting his talent agency and calling his home where he scares Anthony's wife, Helen. Adam eventually reaches, uh, oh shit, I even wrote Adam eventually reaches Adam over the phone, supposed to be (laughs) Anthony, which, which piques his interest and causes Anthony to find where Adam works. Helen decides to visit Adam at school and is stunned to find they look exactly alike, though Adam doesn't recognize Helen. The men agree to meet in a hotel room and realize they're identical right down to a scar on their chest. Later, they share dreams with giant spiders and spider-headed women. Anthony begins to stalk Adam and sees Adam's girlfriend, Mary. Anthony accuses Adam of sleeping with Helen in a plot uh, for him to strong-arm sleeping with Mary. They switch clothes and Anthony takes Helen to a hotel where they have sex until she notices the wedding ring lying on his finger and freaks out. Anthony quietly travels to Adam's house and and tries to act normal around Helen. As Anthony is driving Mary home, they fight in their car crashes, presumably killing them both. Helen asks Adam to stay. The next day, Adam dresses in Anthony's clothes and finds the key to the sex club. Telling Helen he's going out, he enters the bedroom, but instead of Helen, finds a giant tarantula. Couldn't find a budget for this uh, little indie baby, uh, but at a 3.5, it made $3.5 million at the box office. It's got a 3.7 average on Letterboxd, Round Tomato Critic a 71, and User a 64. Max hit us with the double. The double. Uh, also from 2013. Directed by Richard Iowane. Starring Jesse Eisenberg and Mia Wasikowska. There's other people in the movie, but they're just there. Uh, man, I really fucked this up, dude. I went to say mild-mannered. I typed mold-mannered. Yeah. What is this? <laughs> like your mess up. I did it too. Mild-mannered yeah. office drone Simon James spends his days being pushed around his office by co-workers who barely even know who he is and his nights spying on and recreating the destroyed artwork of his crush and neighbor Hannah. One night, he witnesses a man kill himself. Even stranger, in the following days, a man going by the name James Simon, who looks identical to Simon James, shows up at their office. James is char- charismatic and the two at first hit it off, but James reveals his true nature of being manipulative and self-serving and uses Simon to get women and ahead in the workplace. James starts a relationship with Hannah and this enrages Simon who sets out for revenge. Through the film, Simon realizes that James shares any injuries he sustains, so Simon throws himself from their building after trapping James in a room. He does so in a way that he will be saved and live while James bleeds out and dies. Had a Rotten, Tomato, Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 83 and an audience rating of 59 with a letterboxed user review rating of 3.5. Uh, I couldn't find a budget for this either. Um... And it made domestically two hundred thousand, uh, but did make one point six million worldwide. Before we get into this one, this mild trigger warning. We don't really do that usually, but yeah, there's a lot of suicides and suicide talk in this one, and uh, I would say, if not glorified, it's at least not given a ton of weight. Yeah, it kind of just like happens. Yeah. <laughs> Happens a lot in this um, one. People are <laughs> just living like, in like a totalitarian uh, Terry Gilliam esque state, so it's at least a little separated from reality. Yeah, we're gonna get into that a little um, more. So just heads up. 
Which is my favorite part of the movie is just that they live. All right, brief stop down because the dogs are going crazy. Yeah, the dogs were freaking out. We got the we got the yippee yippee <laughs> chihuahua uh, sitting on Max's lap now, so hopefully no more problems. I really, yeah, it's nice to see you. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite things about this movie is that uh, they live in this just like horribly boring dystopia with weird made up technology, and he works a job that you get that commercial later on of just we know people and people is business and business is people and we'll show your business how to see people in a different way that's right uh all that shit is what like makes me the happiest out of all this stuff i mean there's plenty of other things i like this movie quite a bit but um i love that kind of shit i love it both these movies yellow as hell at times yeah double even more so but yeah this movie's yeah just washed out yep everything's uh, gray industrial yeah the we physically see brutalist buildings in the enemy but yeah in, in this one you just assume every building is brutalist well yeah just because enemy takes place in toronto right uh real quick welcome back to the pod this entire movie uh, <laughs> for, first time back good to have you uh movie starts out uh he's on the subway guy the first line of the movie is you're in my place completely empty train and uh, he's being told he's got to get up because he's in some guy's place both movies do a good job of like laying out some of the like themes of the film like really 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 early through some dialogue without being uh horribly you know on the nose or bash you over the head with it yeah um yeah he's late to work because he's uh <laughs> This man's getting cucked by every single person in his way. They, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I like the people just unloading boxes onto the subway so he can't get out, so he loses his briefcase, uh, gets there, and uh, despite he's worked there for seven years, the security guard uh, doesn't recognize him, <laughs> makes him sign in as a security visitor. Security guard is one of my favorite characters yeah. of the whole movie. He's also the doctor at yeah, the end. Yeah, <laughs> Completely unexplained. Do more people have doubles in this movie? I don't Maybe. really know. Bobby, what are your thoughts? Uh, for the beginning, so when I was first watching it, it's like, oh, you're in my seat. And then he gets up. And then the boxes are unloading. It's like, okay, they're not letting this guy up the train. I'm like, this is a dream. This has to be a dream because people don't act like this. But both of these movies kind of go off some dream logic, I think. Yeah, there's a level of surrealism. So it's like, oh, he's going to totally wake up soon. He's like, nope, this is the world he lives in. It's like dystopian. People don't care about each other. It's like, okay, got it, got it. But even in like a totalitarian society where he's like a worker drone, he's like the most shit on guy too. It's like, yeah, he's on the bottom totem pole, bottom of the totem pole of everyone being fucked by and society. I, and it's I don't really hilarious. like jesse eisenberg much but he does a really good job especially once like james comes in and he's playing both characters of just like selling this body language of just being like super passive like he's apologizing for everything even when he every time he takes any sort of like strong stance or uses like definitive language he immediately either like walks it back apologizes or says something that's just like well presumably like kind of that kind of shit uh so it's really well written and uh jesse eisenberg does a good job of acting that script out or iowata does a good job of getting that out of him at least um but we're uh we're introduced quickly he's uh got some sort of 
fleeting love attraction to um, the Mia Wasikowska character. Do you remember her name? Hannah. Hannah. Um, Wallace Shawn's his boss. Love to see Wallace Shawn and stuff, just talking funny. Uh, love the guy. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just getting shit on at work. Uh, I guess the beginning of the movie for a little while is just him uh, having an average bad day where he's <laughs> yeah. destroyed by life, clearly shown to have no confidence. Um, gets home. His one respite from his bad life is uh, uh, watching what, the, the show The Replicator that he's watching looks really good. <laughs> um, as we mentioned, Patty Constantine is uh, the, the guy is yeah, some the, sort the of replicator. Sci-fi, like yeah. it's like a synth wave show. Like, yeah, it's a musical genre, but somehow that's the genre of the show. Yeah, everybody's got like future guns, and he's like some sort of cop or detective or on, on, something. On yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, the only other thing he does is spy on Hannah. From uh, she lives directly across from her, and he watches her through a telescope. Um. And uh, instead spots a guy right above him, right above her apartment, uh, looking back with binoculars, standing on the ledge, gives him a little wave, and then jumps. Uh, They have special suicide detectives to come uh, look into this. I remember Uh, liking the detectives. I actually have my notes pulled up from the first time we watched this, too, because I didn't take very many... um, notes this time around because like i said like watching it again like in short proximity to the first time or which was actually my second time watching the movie but uh it it wasn't really getting much more out of it it feels like a much more like straightforward movie the second time you watch it than it does this one especially felt like knowing where it's going already uh i could have been spared some of the details but that's okay um my problem with this scene like it's setting up your protagonist and it's just someone I don't care about. It's like, Oh, here's this guy. No one likes him. And he's a creepy, shitty person. Enjoy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. He's a really bad guy. Like he's, he's creepy. So we get to that right after this, right after the suicide cops, they put, they ask if he's had suicidal, they're so busy with these suicides, uh, that their divisions just for this neighborhood, Mm. um, in this society, yeah. I mean, it would happen a lot, I guess. Um, but they explain specifically how he could have hit the awning and survived. That will set up the end of the movie a little bit. Um, but uh, um, Hannah meets with him. They decide to go to a coffee shop. He's, like, fucked over by the waitress and stuff as well. Um, and they have the conversation, which I think extra explains how much of a shitty, sucky guy he is because she's talking about the guy who killed himself who loved her from afar and she's screaming into Simon's face about just stop, leave me alone. You think we have some love just because you looked at me a couple of times and she doesn't realize she's speaking directly to what he's doing. He realizes this of course, but he's truly being confronted with just, Oh, I saw a pretty girl and I love her and something's going to happen if I say the right thing one day or if I look at her long enough. Um, Yeah. I like that scene a lot, but he sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, big incel vibes. I do like man. that scene a lot. That always that still got a joke for me. The whole uh, when she's like going through like trying to figure out like why he killed himself, and she's like, "Oh, I lied about not knowing him. I, you know, yelled, you know, all that stuff." And then just is like, 
do you think anything that had anything to do with it? Just like that she like yelled in his face the, earlier that the, day. The day before. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, no, I think you're fine. Um, Is it just the next day that James shows up or is it like a couple days later? It's not really super clear. The next day is the Colonel's ball. Oh, yeah. Um, he gets kicked out of the Colonel's ball. That's where my girl Sally Hawkins shows up at like the check-in. Um, that's where we get a great that guy, Finnish singer Danny. Uh, the guy singing the song. Oh, yeah. His name's Danny. <laughs> Singer from Finland. Really good song. Um, uh, great score on this movie. Mm-hmm. There's a... Uh, uh, I love all the music. Sound, soundtrack, I guess, but what, whatever. Um, yeah, the score itself is kind of just this sort of melancholic orchestral stuff. There's all these, like, different language songs. I, I feel like it's, like... They're not recognizable songs to me. But I want to they say they're like, mostly Japanese. But it I'm seems not like sure. Japanese or like yeah, some some other languages, but like old lounge style songs. Mm-hmm. Is, sounds really good. Iowate just getting quirky. Yeah, he's, he's on. He's still on his twee bullshit. His last movie, Submarine, indie twee, big Tumblr movie, huge Tumblr movie. Um, let's see. Noah Taylor's in here. Another guy we love to see is his friend, kind of his friend. He's being uh, too horny all the time. Yeah, he's like just really weird and super forward and touchy and gross. Yeah. Um, but he got in trouble for getting kicked out of the colonel's ball, and it's that next day at work when um, James shows up. All the, he, when he passes out immediately as soon as he sees him, he's the new charismatic guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, both played by Jesse Eisenberg, of course. Um, then they start to bond, I guess. They yeah, bond, they kind of like they bond it off. for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of. So this movie, it's like, oh, are they going the Fight Club route? Is this right. just like a part of him that he's seeing? So yeah, like, I think just... you could argue that about either of these movies, if if you wanted to get into that, but it, it, neither movie really makes it explicit if these guys don't exist and both movies well this one rather no one sees like them looking alike really it's like oh i guess you might yeah hannah just... hannah's the only yeah everyone like knows that they're different people but not no one comments about the fact that they look identical L- later on at the very end once uh simon's finally found courage uh he rushes past uh, uh, Jay Maskus's character. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, uh, he's like, hey, you can't be in here. And he just tells him to fuck off. And then he decides, he goes, oh, oh, you hey, must James. Be, oh, hey, James. Yeah, and it's fine to go. <laughs> yeah. Through, so that's funny. P- uh, yeah, no, everyone reacts like they're two different people, which and then that makes me think like that they are. Like, I don't think this movie is like a split personality thing. I mean, they share injuries, so something's going yeah, on. Yeah, there's, there's something weird <laughs> going on. But, um... I, I, Hannah's the only I, I person. I think we that can't seems... lock either of these movies down to both characters exist or neither character exists. I think it's up for interpretation whether or not there's two guys or it's yeah. Because like we we said earlier, they both go off some dream logic. There's some surrealistic stuff going on. Giant spiders in the other one. Yeah. Uh, uh, just people acting weird in this one. So. But Hannah seems to be the only person that can just like outright tell them apart and like address them correctly everyone else is constantly like 
either if they're not like right next to each other like doesn't like calls simon james or you know different stuff like that hannah's the only person where it's just like he like shows up to her door later on mm-hmm. and he's like you know who i am right and she's like yeah you're simon like um but yeah where are we so yeah they go out like for a night on the town just kind of like getting doing... in a bar fight together yeah that's i i i have a note here that i like kind of wished that this was the movie like kind of like more of like them like palling around and like it kind of does um but like i kind of wish we got kind of like more of that where like they have they kind of like build a stronger bond and then there's like a deeper sense of betrayal kind of thing but you know betrayal happens pretty it's almost instantaneous it's like the next day after this both that's i think like one of my bigger gripes with like both of the movies um like enemy will get to but it's like he like starts freaking out like it basically becomes it's like he learns there's a double and there's no like intrigue it's just kind of like we're in full like crisis mode in both movies um sort of thing which you know you could have let that breathe a little bit and explore it a little more but it lets some stuff breathe in enemy there's there's (laughs) some methodical long scenes going on um but they get the we get the good monologue um on the train after they've been at the diner and uh at the bar and stuff and are presumably drunk hanging out um where um simon's talking about how he doesn't feel like he's real he feels like somebody could just reach through his body and pull like gr- thrust right into his chest and he feels like um he's not a real boy like pinocchio um that'll get echoed later because it's like a beautiful poetic language that uh uh james uses to woo uh hannah later yeah, he just co-ops all of his stuff um but uh he's confided how much he likes hannah from afar and james sets up the plan that they're gonna go on a date um they're doing like a cyrano de bergerac uh feed you lines from the bathroom type thing uh uh that stuff's fun um the the scene where he goes into the bathroom on the date and james is gonna go out to smooth things over <laughs> that scene's that's probably my favorite part so of the good. movie he's, he's, like, he's watching from, them yeah they keep blasting the music or turning on a oh, blender like right next to him. Yeah, yeah, blender, yeah. Blender, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he comes out and he's like trying to overhear and then a song, like he can hear a little bit and a song turns on this like speaker next to him. So he goes to try and turn it down and the knob comes off. So then he's like really struggling to hear it and a guy comes over and turns on a blender. We just go full sitcom for a yeah. minute. And, it's it, so and it's just this like, this like glowing blue blender and he's like, yeah, everybody he's keeps still drinking trying to hear. blue stuff in and this then a, movie. And then a tea, yeah, a tea kettle goes off, and he's like, God damn it. And then the guy comes back and turns on a second blender, but like <laughs> the scene is getting like, it's like widening. The shot's widening every single time we go back to yeah. Simon because you're just seeing like, more stuff in the scene it's that me, gets louder. Meanwhile, James and Hannah are at the front door of the restaurant having a big fight, and he's like confused. Like he's worried because that's quote unquote him there having the fight. She thinks it's him. But then they make up and kiss, and the entire restaurant cheers. Yeah, <laughs> just leave together. So then, is that <laughs> so showing good. that Hannah can't tell the difference between the two? Because they're able e- to flip. I don't even the fucking well, know. She, at this she's point. she's supposed to be on a. Yeah, I don't know. She's on it. Supposed to be on a date with James. Mm-hmm. So that's like one of their like switches. And they just change clothes. Yeah, 
I don't know. Maybe it's just the situation or... Is it just the vibes, their energy that people can reach? But then they would have known... She would have known it wasn't him then from the start. Dream logic. Serious. That's where it's like, don't think about it too much. I I definitely think both of these movies, you can't... There's certain details you can't quite hone down. That might be a bit of a a, a mix-up in the direction. Like, I definitely don't think this is a perfect movie. I think there's plenty of room that they could... uh, mix it up but which yeah. is weird because like both of these movies are 90 minutes which i love yeah, tight tight 90s yeah i love the tight 90 but mm-hmm. enemy feels like, really long for 90 minutes it too because it's very slow and methodical i think um but yeah that that whole scene ends with the waiter coming by and just handing him the bill while he's in distress which is hilarious yeah. um he goes to visit his mom after that um he's brushing his mom's teeth I wrote down the line because it was so weird and I liked it a lot. Where uh, while he's brushing her teeth, uh, she says, "This used to be my favorite song." Because there's no music playing, and you hate music. <laughs> that's good. I think that's when the the other, like his mom's friend or whatever, gives him a knife. Yeah, there's <laughs> uh, she's yeah. that like vaguely Eastern European woman is kind of like our guide in a way, or like the character's guide because she's like in her own, you know quote-unquote like insane way i guess is like trying to like help him because she like does a palm reading and it's just like your mom's right you're not right like kind of thing and then when he shows back up she's like it, it's like almost like she was she's saying like you didn't take my advice like you're because she comes up to him and hands him a knife and says you're still not right it's like no you need like you know what you need to do like make it happen and then she says uh make the cut deep uh wild wild lady my uh my favorite joke visually in the whole movie is when he goes to up to tim key the orderly and is like do you know people in here are carrying weapons he's like yeah how long is that how long has that been going on (laughs) a while and he just lifts up his coat and has a gun (laughs) (laughs) yeah good stuff (laughs) um i think the next big thing that happens after the nursing home is um This is where uh, Simon is, or James, fuck, god damn it. This is where James is now, like, taking credit for Simon's hard work. He's not actually doing anything, but uh, Wallace Shawn's heaping praise on him. Um, and the whole thing kind of unravels. Wallace Shawn's daughter uh, is Melanie, yeah. who who, um, who James is supposed to be, like, tutoring. Simon's supposed to be tutoring, um, teaching, teaching the inner workings of the job and stuff, so... Uh, this is where we get, he's watching uh, from across, across the way. Oh, I should have mentioned James is now renting the apartment that the guy killed himself in. So he's one story directly above Hannah's apartment. Yeah. Um, so uh, he bring we, we see through the window that he brings Melanie over. They're having sex or whatever uh, in an act of desperation. Uh Simon calls Hannah and claims to be James and says, I want you now come up to my apartment. She finds it, it makes her upset. It upsets everybody. He's doing a bad job. He's, 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 he's fucking everything up really bad. Um, we find out that she had the speech. James now gave the speech to Hannah about the Pinocchio thing, which is super fucked up. Um, we get our Christopher Morris cameo as worker services agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just like, yeah, you don't work here. You don't have an employee ID. 
So like you can't get another one unless you have an ID. That's that's good stuff. Just more dystopian bullshit. Um, yeah, he's like constant. Every time he tries to do anything at work, he's just like clogged down by random bureaucracy. Uh, what else happens? Um, is this where he freaks out and grabs the guy's false arm? Um, let me consult my other notes. I kind of forget the order of things a little I, I, bit. I, th- I think this is where he freaks out at work. He grabs mm-hmm. the guy's false arm yep. off because yep. uh, everyone's claiming like he's finally at his breaking point. He's like full on uh, going postal. Um, yeah, because then he goes home and is going to kill himself. He's going to hang himself, but then noticed, notices that Hannah is has tried to kill herself. Right. God, there's so much fucking suicide shit. Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. a big part of the whole thing. He writes his note that he's a ghost now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like that false arm scene. I like seeing him uh, I do too. Uh, freak out a bit, but he keeps yelling, you fucking fuckers, which is, uh, sounds stupid to me. Um, but it's okay. It's still a good scene. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, he's going to kill himself, sees Hannah is uh, taking pills or whatever, rushes her to the hospital. Um, the security guard is also the doctor, uh, which is weird, uh, delivers the news that, uh, she was pregnant and is now at a miscarriage, uh, which, oh shit, that's bad stuff. Um, takes her home and she yells at him because she wanted to die. She resents him for saving her and now wants him to kill himself. Uh, bad, bad stuff. Horrible turn of events. <laughs> yeah. Not great. Not so, ideal. Well, that was with, uh, actually Chris O'Dowd uh, cameo, right? Oh, yeah. How yeah, many yeah. pills he, did she take? He's the nurse. Yeah. Yeah, How long have you guys been married? <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, I mean, the whole thing is like very, very, very darkly funny, but he's like asking him the questions and just like, and she took pills? And he's like, yeah. And he's, oh, okay, good, 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 good. Like he's ex- <laughs> like he's like excited about every. How many pills would you say she's taken? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you had to guess, I'm not going to guess. Yeah, it's good. Um, so she's wearing his jacket when she goes home after she's told him to kill himself. And inside it finds uh, his notebook of all of the drawings that I guess she has some ritual where she makes a beautiful drawing every night and then rips it up and throws it away. He goes and grabs all the pieces and puts them back together and has them in this notebook. Horrifically creepy thing for him to do and for her to find. But for some reason, this endears him to her. She's like, Oh God, I was wrong about this guy. He's actually, I, he loved me from afar and now I love him. It's actually it's, way creepier than I thought. It's, I yeah. <laughs> this is, this is, I mean, this this is to me a lot like um, Scott Pilgrim, where I like the movie, but I don't understand why anyone likes Scott. He's just like a shitty guy. This at this point, I'm like, wait, this guy's just doing creepy, like insanely creepy incel shit. This shouldn't make you like him now, but for some reason, it makes her come around to him. Uh, yeah, my note just says, still don't understand this. <laughs> um, Did we miss the part where he goes over to? the doubles place and he opens the door and he just has the knife and slices oh his yeah and just close the door yeah we did miss that wait who's whose neck does he cut doesn't he cut his own neck james cuts simon's neck james cuts Simon's so neck. because incel gets cut by mean okay. one okay because he's using 
that no it's kind of like it's around this time because it's he starts using james starts using simon's apartment to have random sex because hannah keeps coming up to visit him and he doesn't want that relationship to end so he's like you know my place is too hot i gotta use your place now and so simon tries to come home and james like has the knife that simon was given by his mother's friend so that's that's the first like physical injury we see is the small cut on the neck um we'll find out later that that injury is mirrored between the two of them that's kind of the whole big i mean crux of this thing is that they mirror injuries so he comes back from dealing with hannah's suicide attempt uh gets a call from the orderly that uh his mom died that day Uh and according to her wishes she wants to be buried at night so the funeral's happening right now at midnight right yeah yeah. (laughs) races to where the funeral is and uh james is already there like grieving with some random woman who attacks them attacks simon everyone's freaking out uh the priest knocks him out with a shovel that's uh crazy stuff um but uh this this is when he really gets the idea in his head that the wounds mirror because he punches the shit out of james and then his own nose is bleeding um so he's suddenly filled with bravado he sits up right next to the grave like the undertaker uh he, he he's let's see he he rushes home to like enact his plan he tells hannah like hey i'm doing this for us or whatever he says uh being creepy and she likes it for some reason um he goes to where james is sleeping and somewhere he got handcuffs i don't know where he got the handcuffs i think earlier they showed james's place and there were handcuffs no the first time james used simon's place there were handcuffs on the bed, so for for sex, oh, sex stuff. Intercourse. Okay. okay, I didn't realize that. The coitus. I did. So. <laughs> yeah, the coitus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so my note unclear where he got the handcuffs. That's uh, been clarified. It's sex stuff. Uh, so he handcuffs um, Simon to the bed. Um, he checks to make sure he's got the bandage on his neck to clarify the, the further uh, emphasize the wound mirroring thing. Uh, and he's going uh, now back to his apartment to jump off, hit the awning so that he'll be able to be saved like the detectives explained earlier. But uh, Simon James, God fucking damn it. James, James will die in the bed. So uh, he does that uh, at the last minute. He cuts his hand uh, seemingly just to awaken James. So he like feels it all going on, I guess. Uh, and jumps and he hits the canopy bounces hard um when he's falling and we're in on a, like a, a close-up shot of him and all the sound fades away and stuff that i thought that uh that camera work and stuff that shot was pretty pretty fun um but yeah james is bleeding out while simon goes to the hospital um i think it's kind of left up in the air if uh james definitely dies because he's bleeding from the head in his apartment uh while chained up but uh it's kind of left up for interpretation, I think, if Simon dies too. Cause Feel like he does? The colonel's in the ambulance. I So I think that's, a, to me, that's just like that there's more doppelgangers like out there. Wasn't the what colonel do you mean? and Hannah? You think there's a doppelganger? No, not in Hannah, but like, yeah, like because we see that like the security guard is a doc is the doctor at the hospital when hannah tries to kill herself and then like 
the colonel's in the ambulance and he's kind of well, dressed see, as a doctor. We see him driving in an empty ambulance. And then we see Hannah and the colonel in the ambulance. Hannah gets into the ambulance at the end. She gets in, but mm-hmm. then we see it empty. And we definitely don't see the colonel. And then the colonel's there. And that seems like a death dream to me. Like his no, DMT flooding his brain as he dies. He's seeing what he wants to see. That's... That's why I thought it was like really up to interpretation because it it ends on uh, the colonel congratulating him for how cool and unique he is, and uh, he says, "I'd like to think I'm pretty unique, mm. despite being the opposite of the point of the movie." I don't know. I I I can't tell if this is a happy ending and his plan worked, or if he bled out in the ambulance or not. Because he's just laying in an ambulance. If Simon's got, if James has time to die, then Simon does too. I think, but. Um, Definitely not a resolute answer on whether or not uh, both characters have died or not, but uh, at least he's killed his double <laughs> at the at the very least. Yeah. Uh, weird one. <laughs> yeah, which is there's a it's based on the book The Double, but Dostoevsky, and um, Enemy is also based on a book on called a The Double, but it's a double. different book. Yeah, yeah very the, weird. The author of the Portuguese the double uh talked about kind of like how in whenever you have like a doppelganger it's basically somebody's got to die like the only the only the only recourse is that one of you has to die in order to like continue the natural flow um because it seems like the portuguese the double is a lot closer to like the actual the double or the dostoevsky's the double uh than it is the movie enemy uh, it shares like a bunch of th- same stuff, but it's like there's more like physical interaction. It's like kind of, I guess, more quote unquote clear that they are like two individuals um, than either movie really makes it. But I don't know, man. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Bobby, your initial take on this movie was what? Mm-hmm. When you texted me about it? Uh, Some heady stuff. Have you had more time to think about it? Have you decided to think about it at all? It's a movie that I'll probably never watch again. Fair that's, enough. That's where I'm at with it. Um, I don't think I would have watched it again yeah. were it not to revisit for the I, pod, but I don't hate it. I stopped it several times to make more drinks. I was like, <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't sit through this. Like, it just once like Eisenberg was established as just being a shitty character, I was like, I don't. You just this didn't just, care. This yeah, isn't worth my there's, time. There's no reason to like him at any point no. other than he's presented as the protagonist yeah there's no redeeming qualities it's like Tr- a shitty world nice. shitty person it's like enjoy it's like yeah. okay his double's cooler it's like okay the double does say some homophobic <laughs> stuff just misogynistic stuff but the double is problematic <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bar- barring all that stuff he's definitely the better guy yeah Bart bigger bleep is shit <laughs> yeah he's absolutely. a pretty cool guy yeah. you want to hang out with him <laughs> He's charismatic, leader of men. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I gave this one a three and a half the first time we watched it. I dropped to a three this time. The, uh, uh, the amount of time spent, just like everything exacerbating problems between the two of them, getting worse and worse. That goes on for way longer than yeah. it needs to. And I know the end's really the meat of this movie. So I kind of would have liked to see them, like them have like a little bit more good times like by the time we get to the end of it it's like yeah we get it like you're he's using all of he's been your enemy this whole time yeah like 
so I would have liked to see them kind of like have it be more of a Simon having to like come to that realization after like maybe be like reluctantly after like thinking he was his like friend and like a good guy. Anyway, we'll take a little break and come back with an enemy. Wait, how many stars did you give it? Oh, uh, I haven't re-rated it. I probably will just leave it at the same, like, three, three and a half. I don't remember Dang. what I gave it the first time. I'd go two and a half. Two. You really didn't like it, huh? No, no, no it's good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it's just not gonna... Like, three and a half? That's high. Out of five? Or seven? Out of, out out of, five. Out of seven, seven stars? <laughs> How many stars are we talking here? Yeah, I gave it a, a classic a seven five stars. Out of seven. Listen, I got a seven. I forgot to tell you. <laughs> a classic seven star scale. It's, it's an unusual rating system, I admit. One one star for each day of the week. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we'll come back with the double in a second. Anyway. Or, yeah, fine. And we're back. Enemy. Enemy. Jake Gyllenhaal plays two guys this time. Digimonal. Um We open on sca- Cityscape of Toronto. This movie is yellow as hell. Uh, one of the few movies where Easily Toronto is movie. actually Toronto instead of Toronto pretending to be New York City or something. Yep. Um, we love to see it. Uh, opens with the, uh, the little quotation, chaos is order yet undeciphered. Yep. Um, I thought a lot more about that this time around okay. and uh, his opening um, lecture. Uh, the opening, there's a couple things just like right off the bat that just like after you know what's going on or like have an idea of what's going on, like he gets a phone call from his mother, Isabella Rossellini's character that we meet later on, asking him about a new apartment. It's just like once you've seen it. Is like totally different meaning, and then yeah, his whole lecture, the two lectures he does like early on in the movie, the as Adam, the history professor, is uh just really laying out the whole thing. Yeah, like, here's here's what's happening basically, or here are all of our the dictatorship, main themes. dictatorship. Yeah, history. It's a cycle that repeats of censoring information, destroying uh, personality. Which yeah. is what ha- what's happened in that character. Well, and it, like even more than that, he like mentions that, you know, we have our two, you know, presumably if like you're, if the reading of the film is that they're, he, it's split personality. Like it's two people inside one person, which the film heavily leans into, um, is saying that, you know, Rome gave everybody bread and circuses. the coliseums and circuses and one of them is an actor so like that personality is kept at bay with just overwhelming amounts of things to do he's an adulterer he's just like constantly seeking entertainment and then the other cultures do it by quelling all sort of culture and other things and adam the professor lives in an apartment with nothing on the walls he doesn't have a television. He doesn't, reads. Doesn't even go to the movies. In uh, in the, the like synopsis for the book that it's based on, it is uh, he like you you see Adam constantly reading, and apparently in the book he just reads about mess ancient Mesopotamian civilizations, like and that's about it, kind of thing, and it's all laid out there. And then the second one is about the second lecture is about 
Hegel and how everything is destined to repeat and the first time it's a tragedy and then Mark's second at it the second time it's a farce um, and all that stuff. It's just, it's all there. He's 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 a good filmmaker, this Denis. Yeah. He knows what he he's kn- doing. He knows what he's doing here. <laughs> uh, especially because he takes us to almost immediately to a crazy sex club mm-hmm. where a sexy lady is stepping on a spider with a big high heel. Yeah, uh, doing some smush shows on some tarantula. Yeah, or we're whatever. just we're just seeing some nasty stuff. Um, yeah, what what do you got for the opening here, Bobby? Uh, is this see. your first time seeing this movie? It was. Yeah. Um, so neither of you have seen Sicario, but it's the same yellow. Oh, really? <laughs> so it opened up. I was like, is this fucking Sicario? What the fuck? <laughs> uh, so get ready for that if you watch that. Uh, yeah, it opens like. I was reading stuff online about the movie and it's like after a showing they did a Q&A and like I guess the actors had to sign NDAs that they couldn't discuss the meaning of the spiders in the film. Hmm. Yeah, like, that's what? so that's like the one thing that like throws me off. Everything else to me feels a little not like on the nose, but it feels digestible. Like it's definitely not on the nose. It's all like there, but it feels digestible. I feel like you can as a normal human being you can kind of make sense of some of the stuff that's going on and then it's the spiders that are completely like thrown off i've read like a couple people doing kind of like op-ed review kind of think pc kind of things about how it's like the character's view of women and right yeah so i'll field this one okay (laughs) i i think that the spiders are yes his relationship with women his mom's the giant I mean, it doesn't have to be one-to-one, but his mom's like this giant imposing force uh, who's dominated his life for a long time and is still uh, critical of his decisions and whatnot as a giant spider looming over everything. Um, but he wants to possess women. He wants to have his wife. He wants to cheat, uh, mess around and whatnot. Um, can't come to terms with his own infidelity or how he feels about women or uh, even his own wife, pregnant wife. Uh, so he has to force women into a much smaller idea something as small easily processable as a spider just a little thing that you're afraid of uh yeah he has to make them into a fear that he can understand well and there's also this stuff about like spiders make webs and he probably feels like a fly trapped in a web there's there's a good scene at the very beginning where he's riding on the rail cars and you see the interweaving wires uh, for the rail cars. I'm like, oh, yeah, so there's that a looks lot of, web-like. There's a lot of spider web stuff. There's also <laughs> the the window of the car yeah. after the like car crash. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think there's like some stuff there too with just not necessarily the big spider being like his mother, but just like women as a whole right. like the societal idea of like man and women pairing uh especially because like at the end once you know the first time you see the spider it's this like big wide shot of toronto and then at the end once adam is seemingly free of anthony um you get almost an identical shot of toronto and the spider is gone yeah being like oh i'm not you know his mother's not gone necessarily i think that's like a solid reading but if it's just like anthony's idea of like societal idea of women in terms of like what adam feels about them or how anthony feels about them 
Adam has has freed himself of those desires kind of thing. So you get that same wide shot and the spider's gone. So it's like, well, you know, I'm not I've given it up. I'm Adam now. I'm the history professor that's with my wife and we are happy. To, and, for and, and, 30 seconds. Until I find the key to the sex club and immediately she's a giant tarantula because uh once again I've <laughs> I've gone yeah. down the same path. Yeah, history repeats itself, as he said in mm-hmm. his own words. Um, but all of that's much, much later. P- plot for the movie is really simple. Super um, simple. It's it's a lot of uh, ominous, tense scenes of him. It, there's definitely a little too much time spent just him. Um, Adam, once he learns about Anthony's existence and trying to track him down and stuff, that goes on for quite some time. The uh now watching it for a third time i'm like well i know the meets at the end here where they're forced to uh come into actual contact with each other and destroy each other to some extent but um random co-workers like hey man do you go to the movies most relatable character in the movie by far (laughs) is just like hey do you ever like movies I didn't have one to bring up. Oh, yeah, you should watch this one. It's a local film. Uh, you're in it, by the way. He doesn't say. but uh, uh, So then this man goes home, has his girlfriend go to sleep, and then sits in a chair with a laptop on his lap and watches an entire movie. Psycho behavior. He doesn't um, have a TV. Yep. See, he's, he's decided that personality doesn't get to... Absolutely. Which is partly because he was afraid that he would see himself in a movie and... Hmm. Yep. Freak out about it. Um, so he finds out there's a double of him because he's uh, extra in the movie. Uh, pursues that, finds him, goes to his job. Uh, everyone thinks, I mean, he's perfect. They're the same guy. So uh, he he gets the letter that's there for him. Uh, he calls up his own wife, can't tell the difference in their voices, freaks her out, and they decide to meet. And that's all kind of like the... It's like the first half of the movie, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. but definitely the first like not 30 too too much to all yeah. of that. I don't think that's just kind of the getting all the pieces together. Yeah, you get like the scene where he like he calls, uh, his house. Like Adam calls Anthony's house, and the wife picks up and thinks it's Anthony, uh, because they're the same person and have the right. same voice, and uh, it gets like scared, um. I believe she goes to meet him before they meet each other. Yeah. So Anthony, his interest is peaked now. So he looks up Adam and where he works. He has it written down. She's concerned he's cheating or whatever. Um, as we find out when they're, the two of them are on the phone together and she thinks it's uh, a woman he's been uh, uh, adulterous with. Um, so she her interest is peaked because of that. And she's already freaked out by the voice on the phone. She just thinks her husband's up to something. Uh, she finds Adam written down where he works. So she looks it up, goes to visit him at school and he doesn't recognize her. He doesn't recognize her. And it's, I've got more out of it this time too, is because, you know, she sits down and talks to him and like, is trying to be like, she doesn't just like sit down and was like, Anthony, what the fuck? She's like, Oh, Hey, realizes he doesn't like recognize her at all they kind of just like share like a little just like passing conversation because they're sitting on the same bench adam gets up and leaves and he turns a corner as she's calling anthony and she's like horrified like watching it all happen because she's like just like what the fuck is going on but now adam gets out of 
out of frame just as Anthony picks up the phone. And we do get like this really like close, like a close shot of her that like after Anthony picks up, she's like even more horrified. And I don't know if this is like intentional, but I, I feel like the intent there was that she hears him around the corner as well on the, as on the phone, like confirming that that's like a split personality thing for her. And I mean, I specifically this time while watching it was like trying to not like just play like film theorist, but this is my third time watching the movie. I'm not just like watching it for just like the actual like context of the film. I was like trying to watch it for a little bit more stuff and just for the sake of conversation since it's, you know, again, we've, we technically have done this episode. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think they're the same person. So I do too. Uh, but I mean, once you start thinking about it, like the logic of it all, cause like she calls him, he picks up, she gets home. He just came from a run, but he was also teaching class. Right. So what's the time frame? Like you think she would call and head home. And as she did, he came home from the run. So that's two different people. I, d- I don't, but. I definitely don't even think that we see uh, scenes happen in like a linear chronological order. At least not like super duper. I don't. Yeah, she like it. At least I, would have taken I, her like some time to get I, home. And... I think you could figure this out in a way like dissecting scenes and stuff that you you could put this together in a way that it makes even more sense if you're jumping around different scenes. Like I think most of the uh, Melanie Laurent girlfriend scenes happen before most of the movie takes place. I think it's like when she's been destroyed is when this whole cycle starts up of him being a good husband again, maybe. Um, um, I think all that stuff's that. open to interpretation. But I, It's definitely open for interpretation. Like, that's, like, the point. It's like, right? Like, you could sit here and, like, pick it apart and kind of thing, but, like, the intent of the movie is to be sort of this nebulous, right. unclear it's, it's vibes. Of, yeah, it's it, vibes. Is. <laughs> it is. And that's why, like... Like, again, like I said, like, I was specifically watching it trying to, like, pull subtextual stuff out of it just for the sake of conversation. I I also think, personally, that it's him. He's, like, suffering from, like, a split personality Mm -hmm. or something. Um, I think that's, like, pretty clear that that's, like, the intent, at least this time. Uh, Again, like, we we only see them interact. Like, they're only together alone. Alone. Um, they're, yeah, they're <laughs> the the only thing we get is um, she hears uh, Helen hears Anthony on the phone with Adam telling him not to call here again and stuff. He walks out of the room and is her husband again, and she thinks that that's like the woman he had been seeing or a jealous husband or something like mm-hmm. that. So if we take him at his word and that those conversations were actually synced up happening at the same time, then they were actually conversing, but uh, you don't see any proof of anyone interacting with both of them at once. My other like thing, and I mentioned this when we did it the first time, but no one listened to that episode. So nobody knows this, but I do have, and it's, it's more of like a, for fun thing. It's not based on a lot, but I, I have kind of like a theory that Melanie Loren's character, at least in terms of her actually like physically interacting with either Anthony or Adam, 
is complete fantasy on one of their parts. Um, but I'm not sure. It all kind of like just stemmed from when I watched it for the first time we did this episode. Like when Anthony shows up to like look to like spy on Adam and he sees Melanie Loren and is just like boing, 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 gets like really horny for her. Then he drives off in his motorcycle and she kind of like crosses the street. But mm-hmm. whether it's intentional or just kind of like the weird way the scene is shot, it even though she's like looking back to check if somebody's coming before she crosses the street, it, she never in any sort of way acknowledges the fact that there's a guy on a motorcycle within like five feet of her. Um, and then he literally just parks like 15 feet in front of her and gets out and starts following her. And again, she never interacts with him and then he follows her to like work and stuff um and it does like get kind of flimsy but i think there's at least a reading to put on like my fucking dylan tinfoil hat of just like weird readings of like movies and stuff is that when he's following her that's like she's just like a woman that lives in that apartment that he's like kind of fantasized about possibly created adam as like a way to compartmentalize future infidelity something like that because we never really see them interact apparently she's been sleeping with adam the whole time but if the movie's trying to tell you that they're the same person why would she have not noticed his wedding ring band which is like the impetus of their huge fight later on and that when they do have that big fight is that it's simultaneously happening when Adam is apparently struggling with being with Helen, Anthony's wife, and he like kind of gets up, he can't sleep, and he's like kind of struggling with something, and that's like him mentally creating this scenario where Anthony and uh, Melanie Loren's character go out on like a date, and then get into the car crash, and he like kills them, then traps them in the web of that car crash, sealing off that like... (laughs) part of his personality and that fantasy and all that thing so now he can be nice sweet adam all alone so i definitely think you've at least phrased this better than last time because i remember last time you're like i don't think melanie laurent exists and i'm like well i mean we see her in the movie there's nothing to me that says she doesn't exist i definitely doesn't she she doesn't fully exist we definitely follow her but then she never at any point interacts with like that's just it that can literally just be a him following her and if he's anthony at that time if he's truly as like you know split as he appears the anthony personality would think that adam and melanie loren are in a relationship and would want to hide himself thinking that she would see him but if it's just complete fantasy fabrication so sarah gadden knows that melanie melanie loren existed at one point when she's talking about are you seeing her again mm-hmm. um she's been pregnant for six months he hasn't been to the acting talent agency whatever in six months i think because he was seeing her for a long time uh they're having sex and stuff she's never freaking out about the ring uh sarah gadding gets pregnant he decides he's gonna leave that life behind he killed the one part of himself uh it's only when these things all come to a head in what we're seeing in the Sarah Gaddon timeline that he goes back to Melanie Laurent. Okay. Uh, they're sleeping together. All of a sudden she sees that he's got a wedding ring because six months have passed and his finger has he's changed because of, yeah. because of the ring. Yeah. I, I think she definitely, 
exists. Uh, but you're still going off the reading of that. These are two very desperate, disparate timelines happening significantly far apart. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I, I think we're jumping back and forth on that six months specifically, sure. where he tried to be a good husband because he found out she's gotten pregnant. He's going to do his best. Uh, six months in, it's too much for him to take. All women are spiders again, uh, and he just wants to fuck. Um, Bobby, Bobby, we've gone. <laughs> we've gone back and forth for a while here what do you, what do you think about all this i'm stuff? just enjoying the uh, volley you guys are doing uh i think the six month thing makes a lot of sense because uh, the the tan line on the ring finger is like the big giveaway did he have two places if it was six months apart maybe he moved and he's reminiscing of his old place uh that part's tough the, yeah there's also like the the just like the the earlier line of um Isabella Rossellini calling him and being like, oh, you got a new apartment. And then when yeah. they meet up together, there's definitely some like weird timeline stuff going on. And she At mentions least, like, to like, stop pretending to be a third rate actor. Stop being a third rate actor. Like, That's I'm a big got, part like, for job. him that, where he's like, oh, fuck, I am. Yeah, this, <laughs> I'm both of these the guys. Person. Oh, no. Because yeah, um, sure. we, we never find out what Anthony's day job is no. despite being that the I, two-bit actor. I think he's some sort of like photographer. Because there is like kind of like a throwaway line of when he comes back for the from the one run after Helen goes to see Adam, he's like you know the blueberries thing. Mm-hmm. Where are my blueberries? You know the organic blueberries. Blah blah blah. You it's in the background because we're focused on Helen like having a panic attack the entire time. But he's like no, I, like I told you, get the like organic ones. Like they're better for the shoot. Like I can't do the shoot now. He's like specifically making comments about how shoot? I thought he said, he said shake. shake. He's, shake. he's making oh. like a smoothie. protein shake. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> he's standing in front of a blender. Oh, he's not a photographer. He's Never a mind. Smoothie maker. All right, they're better for the. Yeah, he works at a <laughs> Starbucks at the juice bar. <laughs> I've totally misheard that. Oh well, I, I like you were. I like you were going for something though. Yeah, yeah. As far as I could tell, there's just no evidence of what Anthony's day job is. He he's just a professor. Yeah, he runs. Well, yeah, that's it's that's, he, that's Adam's day job. But that's but the same. That's also Anthony. Yeah, if so presumably. But yeah, yes. Anthony. Anthony goes away all day. There's, to be there's Adam. no like contradictory Anthony job where I'm like, is this guy going to two fucking jobs? Because his acting thing is yeah. even his mom says is a two bit. Like he wants to become an actor, but it's not going to work out. Yeah, so it's like, and then you know, like, what? How does? If it's all happening simultaneously, how is Anthony justifying being gone for entire nights? Unless he's just telling Helen that he's on a film shoot. Right. Kind of thing. Who knows? Yeah, he hasn't been to the acting agency in six months, so maybe he hasn't had time to be out cheating. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, it all comes to a head. Helen, Anthony, and Melanie Loren die in a car accident. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh,. It, we at least know that the accident does happen because the radio is playing that. Uh, Helen's radio is playing it. But Adam's the only person who hears it. Helen's in the is that sh- true? Oh, yeah, she's Helen's in the shower in the sh- right there. Helen's yeah. in the shower, and the radio is not in the bathroom. The radio is in their living room. That's true. Adam's the only person that hears it and is like, oh, single car crash, turns it off, goes into the bedroom to put on the clothes. He finds the the new key because adam meets the like lurch looking doorman he's like i gotta go back to that gotta, fucking sex yeah, club i gotta dude. see some spider stuff dude yeah. <laughs> I um, bust. uh i love when uh 
when Adam goes back to Anthony's apartment and he's laying down like crying with Sarah Gadden and she asks him how school was and you're like, oh, she, she, knows, she knows the presumably, entire time. Presumably that was already his job, but she she's at least reacting to this change in his personality that, oh, you were becoming that horrible guy again. Yeah. Oh, you're going back to being the man I love who's she, going to take care of me. She and then she says, like, I, I want, want you to stay. stay. Yeah. yeah. That's good stuff, man. I love Sarah again. I like Melanie Laurent. Too. Everybody's great in this movie. Like, I mean, we've got four people. Right. I, I think like total there like okay. we see some like extras but like people with speaking lines I want to say like is eight right um, yeah it's a tiny amount and people. you've got almost four... all the acting is Jake Gyllenhaal and kind of Sarah Gadden yeah, yeah. Melanie Loren even like has doesn't have too much to do I think like five or six lines of dialogue yeah. um I I, I really like drunk. this movie I Bobby you don't. You really like uh, it? Out of seven? Uh, yeah, out of three. Yeah, out of seven. Three, yeah. seven. I was just like, oh, man, I'm going to meet up with this person who's like, so when you're thinking they're two separate people, potentially. So I was like, all right, let's meet up an hour outside the city. I'm like, can we just fucking meet like down the road? Are you fucking kidding me? I, I, uh, I, I took me out of it, obviously, <laughs> but like. It is weird. Yeah. But now, they, now I'm just thinking about this hour. I, I took that as being like. Because Anthony's the one that suggests it, I'm pretty sure that like hotels his like fuck shack. Yes, because that's right. where he takes the her later yeah. in the movie. Yeah, yeah. But and then it's like, oh, okay, you're identical to me. All right, see you later. It's like you guys don't want to talk this out. Like you have an identical brother. The uh, maybe do something about that <laughs> shit. They're just like, all right, peace. But so. I think that like they kind of just like get freaked out because it's like, yeah, you're like hands would like identical, but then it's like the scars. It's like the scar on his chest that is good. Talk really- it out. <laughs> Let's fucking get into this. I, I think they do a good job of uh, showing the dread of, I, th- I think in some movies would be like, uh, you would start doing like, you put your hands up yeah. and see if they move in That's sync and stuff. Yeah. But, <laughs> but here they're just like, Adam's immediately just horrified that there's another yeah. guy. It's like, this is a mistake. It, Bye. And again, I mentioned at the beginning, like that's, that's like the one kind of complaint with the movie it it runs at such a breakneck pace more or less like even though like it lets scenes breathe like plot wise it moves fast um that yeah adam is like immediately from like he's like a little like intrigued at first and then is just like panicked and horrified the rest of the time um i i will say i read so i read the synopsis for the book i like the ending to the book a lot this is one of the best endings in anything it's a phenomenal ending when he walks in and uh it's great she's tarantula there's a lot of uh really amazing subtle stuff in the ending of the movie too when he so he he finds the key realizes that he decides to go to the sex club we the audience know that he's okay anthony's still around basically he's like he's he's the same guy it's just gonna keep repeating so he's like calling out be like hey do we have plans like helen like because i think i'm gonna go out and she's not responding so he walks down the hallway turns the corner of the room and she is a room filling tarantula Giant. uh it's like slinking back from him so yeah, yeah that's scary. where the, like the subtlety comes is like it immediately takes like defensive frightened tarantula posture yeah. it's very subtle so like 
Because the bad guy is back. Yeah, so yeah. like Anthony, like Anthony's back. He still sees women as spiders. Helen immediately recognizes that it's Anthony and not Adam. Uh, is afraid and terrified of him, and then you get a nice long shot on Jake Gyllenhaal's face, and like it's, he just it's, sighs slightly. Too. It, well, yeah, it's it's kind of like a Inception moment to bring it back to like when you're we talking about that of like, oh, did the top keep spinning? Did it fall over? Where like you see it. But it's so quick that it's up for interpretation. It's like he's he sighs and this ever the slightest hint of a smirk comes across his face where it's like, you know, Anthony, you know, Adam Anthony is basically he's like, I just don't he's like either giving into it or doesn't care or is like realizes like that's the kind of like exciting side of history him. repeats itself man he, it was a tragedy before and now it's a farce now it's a farce yeah. yeah um the ending of the book similar all the all the stuff like the uh wife swapping yada 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 uh it, all of that pretty much lines up but the ending is uh in the book is that he gets a phone call and he answers it and it's his own voice being like thank thank god like i finally got like i finally found you i finally got to you and like literally bringing it mm. right back to like the like cyclical phone mm. call and then the adam character they have different names because it's a portuguese novel um his name is like titiliano or something like that like <laughs> i'm not even joking like it's something it's it's got a bunch of t's it's it, ends a, it, it ends in an ano i can't remember what it is off the top of my head uh where he's basically just like, all right, I got to go. And I am I think he might even like pick up a gun and leave. Where it's like, I'm going to go to a park. I'm going to fucking kill this guy. Uh, and then that was like the author was talking about just like how it has to end in a death. Like you can't have two. Just the idea, like the literary idea of a doppelganger is that one of them has to die. To Even if the cycle repeats, there can't be two. Yeah so <laughs> all right <laughs> just say you hate twins without so, saying it yeah <laughs> so maybe anthony is like in that moment with the smirk decide is does he kill adam in that moment when he finds the key does you know that metaphorical mental car crash happen but on the flip side of who knows who knows the the twinnest of twin films because these movies are about these are two movies, both about two guys who are exactly the same. Based on two books called The Double. Nothing, yeah, nothing. nothing uh, Written almost 150 <coughs> years apart from each other, but. Nothing more on brand for doubled feature. Here we are. AKA, we, finally did it. we used to be twin of Yeah. <laughs> We're finally back. Bobby, thanks for coming. No problem. Do you want to plug anything? No. You want to tell people to come to the beach, go to your museum? That's all right. All right. You can come, <laughs> come see Bobby on the beach. He'll take you on a kayak. That's nice. true. I won't say where, though. He'll, <laughs> yeah, he'll point his fun little phone app at, at trees and tell you what they are. Ooh. He's got a fucking app that just tells you what a tree is when it Seek. looks at it. It's called Seek. There, Plug so, Seek. Tell so, him about it. There's an app for that. Somebody just told me that the iPhone camera does that by itself now. Wild. It's crazy. I'm an Android, I'm an Android guy. I need the app. I, I'm crazy. still... Get the app, Seek. I, like, despite being someone that grew up with the internet, I am still amazed that like reverse image search is a thing. Yeah. Man made horrors beyond our comprehension. Yeah, man. dude. Just all these apps to me, they're just a bunch of big crazy spiders. I'm scared of them. <laughs> yes. No, dude, you gotta save that for your last I word. Think that makes you the spider. 
Anyway, I'm, just, I'm afraid. <laughs> Thank you again, Bobby, for coming. We got I got to get changed so we can go to drag brunch. Oh yeah. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. It's doubled feature. That's the podcast. We used to be called Twinema. Uh, shit. What do I say here? You can follow us on social media at doubled feature, doubled feature on Instagram. Send an email to doubled feature podcast at gmail.com. You can follow Dan on Letterboxd and Twitter. He's at Danny Jankum. I'm at Mac underscore dead on the same platforms, rate review, all that good stuff. Thank you, Ryan, for our theme music at Ryan laser, Sam at hero Institute for our logo. Uh, you can read his web comic life of stepdad and the comic we do together. Nerds day. That's it. Uh, uh, fuck. Um, Dan, Sarah Gaddon, how do you week? Um, Oh yeah. Uh, both of these movies would have been better if the guys had kissed. Double feature. Double feature. Double feature.